I'm so glad that he is he is who he is. He is who he said he is. He, he's the beginning to the end. When we sang that line of lamb, that represents the millennium. The time when the thousand year reign of Christ is on the earth and he's going to change things up there. The animals aren't going to be like they are now and there's going to be peace. And It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Well, we can have it now a bit, at least a bit. It's, it's uh, his absolute um, protection is with us. Not that we're not going to have days where we feel it, moments when we know it's the enemy. We, we've got to be um, uh, initiating prayer, initiating, going to his word. You have to init- he doesn't just write it on the wall very often. I mean, that happens. That's happened in the Old Testament. He wrote something very, when he spoke, but oftentimes we, we've got to dig in and we've got to get a word. I believe there's a word for every situation that you're going through. There's a word. There's a word for you. There's a word for the, your, your particular set of events and circumstances that God has tailor-made. God has, has a living word. He has living and active. So we've been going through James, and we've just been covering, we've gotten through uh, chapter, most of chapter two, or half of chapter two, and James, of course, is a little letter, but it's packed full of lots of stuff that helps us to live, helps us to understand what in the world's going on. Lord, how come there's so many trials? I thought that when I was a Christian that things would get easy, Right? Well, maybe to a degree they do get easier, but then, and, but at the same time you've jumped on the other side. The enemy doesn't like you. But we're not going to pay any attention. We are aware, but we're not going to dwell in that. But we're going to really actually go by faith. It's really a faith walk. It's a, really a, it's a decision on our part to say, God, you are in control, and to pro- proclaim him as the one you're trusting you know, I could, we, can, we can try to make it happen, right? But it might get messed up. We might pay for that. But when the Lord lets it happen, when the Lord makes it happen, when the Lord said it is now, we can be assured we're in good hands. So chapter 2, we talked a bit about, you know, Someone comes into this church and they're dressed all dressed up, looking good. And oh my, it's like they're already ready for, you know, they're, they're standing out. What he's saying here, don't, don't play special favoritism to the person who looks like he has it. He's rich. He looks like he has it all together. But this poor man, you, you said, oh, we have a, another plate for you. It, it doesn't mix. That doesn't set well with God. Right? He, he actually came to reach the poor. He chose Israel because they were small. Right? They were small. <laughs> they couldn't help themselves. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. I like God. I like God. He, he would... He would stick up for the person in school that got picked on. There's a lot of, we hear a lot of stuff about bullying 
It's real. It's, it happens. Bullying. Jesus stands up against the bully. The devil wants to bully you. He wants to batter you. He wants to tell you you're no good. You're never going to mount anything. But we take that into captivity, Paul said, every thought. We take it into captivity. But what does that mean? We say, you know what? This is what the Bible, this is what God says. I am precious in his sight because of the blood of Jesus. We are valuable. You are worth that Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you and I. And so he says in this passage of chapter 2, I'm just summarizing, we'll get down to the middle, and we'll pick up a new subject. The royal law, the royal, it's like the one command that, you know, next to love the Lord God with all your heart, the second Jesus was confronted with asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? Well, it says to love the Lord God with all your heart. And the second is to love your neighbors yourself. So in other words, if I say I love God, yet I treat my neighbor as, as, as garbage, I'm not, I'm not living right. I'm not demonstrating. I really can't say I love God with all my heart. If I really love God with all my heart, I will have more capacity to love and treat people as I ought to. I will have more compassion. I will have more forgiveness. I will actually look for ways in how to bless my neighbor. I will actually start to look at them as, as important. Actually, they're the people that God has called you and I to reach our neighbors. Some of us just are new in the community, and, you know, it takes a while to get to know your neighbors. And some of our neighbors move away for the winter. You know, our, our culture is, we're, we're, we have snowbirds, right? So they go away, and then we kind of forget, well, who were those people again? And then you see them, and oh, yeah, what's, yeah. So you re- we have to work hard at getting to know our neighbors. Because sometimes there's a lot of turnover here. But, you know, just whenever you get to meet someone new, you're, they're your neighbor, right? No matter how... How long it's been, you're still neighbors. If, you're, if you go to the supermarket, you're, you're rubbing shoulders with people. They're your neighbors. They're in your same community. I look at it as it really is about people all over the world. That becomes your neighbors. And so we're to love them as ourselves. That's an interesting thought. Really? I mean, sometimes we have trouble loving ourselves. I mean, we have our moments. But deep down, I think all of us do pretty good at taking, taking care of ourselves or, you know. But to love yourself, love someone else as you love yourself, that, that's deep. That's a God thing. And so we went through that, and then we went just as we... We kind of ended it up at that that place of scripture. Now we're in James two fourteen. 
And so he's, he's going now, James is going to carry it a little deeper. Back in the first chapter, at the end of the chapter, he talked about what is the, what is the, what is the pure, undefiled, at verse, in verse 27, with the word religion, which has become, a, a, in the Christian community, it's become almost like a bad word in the sense that, oh, religion, you're just religion, religion. Religion can be just religion, ritual, and, and tradition. It doesn't, it be, you can, your heart can get so far removed that it's just religion. The Pharisees were religious. And so we've kind of, in the Christian community, I think we've kind of backed away from using that word religion and we put relationship there. Because we, that sounds, that really makes a connection with God. And I'm totally on board with that. But my version, New American Standard, maybe you have a different, but don't miss the point. What he's getting at here is that this is what's pure. When you visit the orphans and the widows. They don't have anything really to give back. And so you do it out of a motivation of love because this is who we are in Christ. We don't need anything back. We don't give to give back. We don't give because we expect something in return. It's pure. Pure. Absolutely no strings attached. And so now by the time he gets to the 14th chapter, he says, what use is, my, is it, brethren, if a man says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Give the illustration of a brother or sister without clothing and in need of daily food. And you say to him, well, bless you, brother, sister. Have a great day. Hope things get better. And you have the means to help them. That's what it's saying. Will they ever come to Christ unless they understand someone cares about them? That's what he's saying. He's he's trying to teach a faith. This is not a, this is, this is a faith that goes into action. Now, before we all get confused, the word balance is one of my most favorite words in the vocabulary. Why? Because scripture is balanced with scripture. Balance is each. Before we get uh, all on one extreme, we can't be all works. And now we're starting to think, well, if I work hard enough and I work hard enough and I do this and I do this, I'll be saved for sure. Uh, That doesn't, Ephesians, you know the verses, for by grace you have been saved. It is the gift of God, not by works. So are they contradicting each other? No. They're balancing each other out. Look at it this way. Because I'm saved, I realize now who I am, because he saved me. Before you, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you got to read on, because you read on, and you have been created for good works. 
But we should never place good works in the place where Christ Almighty is the only way for salvation. And when we get it, get it in the right order, we're saved because of his grace. Now he has a ministry. He has a place for me. And I can do it out of pure, pure faith, pure heart. Oh, it gets to be fun. It gets to be fun that God is leading you. God, the Holy Spirit, is going to orchestrate. So what use is, you, you have eyes, and God, God gives you, you eyes to see. He gives you ears to hear. He gives you hands that sometimes can help. You give you feet that sometimes can walk. He gave you a vehicle that you can drive, that you can maybe carry your neighbor or someone is in need. There are all kinds of ways to try to say, Lord, I want to serve you. And so what is he saying? Even so faith, verse 17, if it has no works, is dead. Being by itself, so works by itself, or faith by itself, can only be real if it is demonstrated by action. Let me put it to you this way. And this is the way it works with guys and guys and men and women. Women are more prone to words, right? More, they like words. I believe I'm on the right trend. You know, understand words, emotions, feelings. And men are like, well, we did this. My wife will ask, well, what, how are you feeling? And I'll, I'll say, I did this and I did that. I don't say how I'm feeling. Have to kinda, you have to kind of keep pulling the layers back. Men are more prone to just say what they did. And when men get together, we talk about what we do, right? We talk about our job. We talk about what, what's our interest. What's, what's, what is it that you do? Women get together and they're more prone to talk about how they felt when they did something, right? They talk about what they've, what, oh, it was just wonderful and it was just this and all these words. Are you guys with me? Kind of. Some of you guys are really good at words. Some of, some of us are, can't come up with words. And so the Bible is saying, Show people how it is to walk with God. What it means to love Jesus. What does it look like? It can be as simple as picking up a piece of trash in a public building and nobody else sees it and you just put it in the trash because it's something in you that you want to make where you go, a better place. It can be as simple as holding a door for a stranger in the supermarket. Simple. What is it? What is it that the world needs? What is it that our community needs? What is it that our young people are looking for? They're looking for realness. You and I struggle sometimes too as believers. But we 
have should be a well-worn Bible. But we know where the pages we can find it. Maybe we haven't visited some of the verses, but we know they're there. And we know the path that leads to the presence of Jesus. And sometimes it's not having all the answers. Many times we don't know what to say. We don't actually, we probably are better off not to give people an answer or what you should do, but we listen to them and empathize with them. And you know what? This is what the scripture says. This is what he sees. What we show them. And so what he's saying is don't just have faith that doesn't ever do anything. He says even the demons believe. Right? They believe in God. They believe there's a God. Here's where I get a lot of people do believe in God. But they need to be discipled. They need a person that will help them know God. They can know God. How do we know God? He sent you a letter. And when we open this letter, we get excited. Because in this letter, he talks about how to live. He talks about what pleases. Have you ever thought of this? What is it that pleases the Lord most? Don't get caught in always just, you know, I messed up, Lord, I'll try to make up for it. Confess your sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive you. Move on. We don't want to get caught up in, well, I'm going to have to really work hard this week to make up for last week. We just say, Lord, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. I messed up, Lord. I sinned. And now I believe in the blood of Jesus. And move on. We fall down. We get up. We stumble. We get up. The the most one of the one of the one of the greatest messages I heard as a you a young person, Chuck Swindoll. Remember Chuck Swindoll? Still on, he's still on the air, I think. He preached out of Hebrews, I think it was the twelfth chapter, and that's all I re- all I remember. He said, "When you fall down, get up and go on. And you fall down, you're going to stumble. We're going to fail. We're, the world will, will will be quick. Sometimes, sometimes the people who was ready to say, "Well, if you're a Christian, then why why do you?" We, 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 you know what? We are some. We, we fail. We sin. We fall short. 
we don't we we are not always what we want to be but because of Jesus Christ we are robed in his righteousness we are clothed with his garment we are seen or the father looks through Jesus and sees you are made right and so forth so I can never be good enough. But because Jesus came into my heart as a young boy, and I remember the, the sense that I really know I'm saved. I was just a young, probably four, five, six years old, I can't remember. I remember crying, sensing God's presence. I remember crying. I couldn't get words out. I just said, Jesus, over and over. I just kept crying and saying, Jesus. And then there was this warm hand. It was a gentleman, an elder of the church. And he was the guy who would always come up in the back row. And us boys would be sitting back there in the church. And he'd come down there. He'd say, what are you boys thinking about doing today? And we would just sit there, probably not say anything, and giggle, didn't know what to say. But we liked him because he gave us attention. And I recognized his voice when I wasn't praying. And I recognized it was Glenn, it was that guy that talked to us and I recognized he knew Jesus and he was crying now. He was praying for me. He was praying. All I can remember is I just felt the love of God. That's all. It's not, we cannot save, we cannot change, but God's presence changes us. God in us changes who you and I are. We are only going to be effective as long as the Lord dwells in us. You will have the power. You will have the strength when you need it. You may feel at times, I cannot go to this day, but you, by faith, you get out of that bed and you put your feet on the floor and I'm going to walk today with Jesus. Maybe you're already now, you're still stressing out because there's a situation you're not looking forward to in that day and you're stressing out and you say, Lord, again, I need you. It's the way it works. Every hour, every hour, one day at a time. Friends, you and I serve a living God. He's not the God of just yesterday. He is the God of yesterday, but he doesn't, we don't leave him there. He was your God last year, but he's your God this year. He's your God. Every circumstance that you're facing that's different, this has never happened to you before. He's your God still. And Anna, in a bit, is going to lead us in a song. It talks about break every chain. Come on, Anna. Break every chain. What is that? It reflects on bondages. Bondages. Well, the enemy wants to put 
bondage, condemnation. Jesus said, I will break that stuff. I will break that addiction. I will break that that stuff that brings you down. I am your security. I am all that you have need of. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Listen, we are children of the king, the lion. Well, it just gives me goosebumps to think he is going to conquer ground. Satan cannot have your family. Satan cannot have dominion. We have the blood of Jesus. And I, I encourage you to pray this prayer from time to time. I plead your blood over my family, all around, my job, my situation. My, plead your blood. No weapon formed against. That's out of Isaiah. Why? Try that. Believe it. 